Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each week, we will invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite topics, Disney. Well, this week, we want to welcome Kate to the show. Hello. Glad to be on. And also joining us this week is Kevin. Hi. I'm here uh, from the 3028, coming to you through the ether and onto your show. Woo! Well, how <laughs> exciting. Uh, I guess I should have introed Kate a little bit better. I apologize. She is our community manager over the DL Weekly podcast. Local to Disneyland, always has great opinions for things, so thought should be a good uh, thing here. And Kevin actually uh, is responsible. I don't know if any listeners have noticed we have a new logo. Uh, Kevin did that for us. I did. Thank you very much for uh, for asking and working with me. Please check out my portfolio, KevinQuigleyDesign.com. All right. Well, thank you guys both so much for joining us. Let's start off this week with the first question. With Disney+, Plus, there is a ton of content on there from the vault and even original content. What is something that is not on Disney+, Plus that you would like to see on Disney+, Plus in the future? Kate, what's something that you're just itching to see on there? So, when I was a kid, one of my favorite Disney movies was a horror classic called Something Wicked This Way Comes. I believe it's based on a Ray Bradbury novel. It is creepy and weird and just truly, truly scary in a way that Disney would just never do now. And I would love to be able to show my child and scare the you-know-what out of her. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I read that. It's a Ray, it is a Ray Bradbury book. And uh, when I was reading it, I was so scared. I threw it across the room. And then I went to go see it at the uh, there was a revival theater near me and i went to go see it and i was like this is too scary i don't know why i'm able to sit through this it was so upsetting yeah i mean the the movie i mean i haven't seen it in years so maybe it's not as scary as i remember from my childhood but it was and not in a gross way by any means just a true classic horror story that's just awfully frightening so i would love to see that the eric you have any thoughts on what you'd like to see yeah i'm i'm into weird resort content <laughs> i would really <laughs> something that that my wife and i love is being at the resort and falling asleep with with the TV on, on resort content at Walt Disney world. It's, you know, generally Mickey cartoons. We fall asleep to watching those each night or the bedtime stories that they play in between Mickey cartoons. If you're, if you're falling asleep a little bit earlier, there is something that I, I miss at Disneyland. The first time we went was just a few years ago and they had on their like late night bedtime loop, these, these old VHS quality videos of princess stories and I don't know anything about them. I really should probably look into it. They, they've got to be, they have to be available somewhere because it was, it was these actresses dressed in, in princess costumes telling the story of their, of their story. And there was the same like dopey guy that would be in every single one that would play all of the other parts. It's like Snow White saying, and then I went into the forest and I found a, a, a cottage with seven dwarves. And it was just so low budget for Disney. It, it was like a, it, like a local PBS station sort of thing. And they played it every night and it was so unique and weird. And they're playing it on resort TV at the Disneyland hotel at grand Californian where we're like, what is this? And we, we loved it. And it, it went away. 
Are you sure that this wasn't like some weird dream of yours? Or are you sure this wasn't something that they had like in the Grand Californian that they filmed a cast member doing this or something? (laughs) That's kind of what I figure happened at some point in the the not well in the somewhat distant past. I don't know. It Hmm. was but it was like lower aspect ratio. It was grainy. It was not high quality, but it was there for the those first few years. So like twenty was my first like twenty sixteen. Oh wow. Twenty seventeen. And they were still running this loop. Um I, really any of the loops are great. That that in particular is something that I, because I haven't seen it in a while, I, I love it. But any resort loop stuff I would love to see just to re reenact our our vacation our, our pa- vacations past and just have that on in the background while we're doing stuff. And yes, that does include Stacy. Um, I'm sorry. She's no longer um, on, on the loops, but, but a- any, any resort loops. I love it. You know, talking about Stacy and you know, I, I think about, I desperately wish that there was like, like a Stacy channel somewhere. I would like to see <laughs> all the iterations of Stacy. Who is uh, Stacy? Stacy. Okay. So, she did the Walt Disney World Resort Loop, um, and she would talk about first. It wasn't before fa- uh, before like you know all the new stuff. She would talk about fast passes, and then she would be like, "And you can go to Germany and get pretzels und beer." And she was like, "In uh, she introduced everything, and then they did a makeover for her, and she was like a soccer mom for a while, and uh, and she was uh, not as funky." Uh, but she was still fun and she would throw to herself and she would go like she she did this like top seven best things to do at Walt Disney World. And then the list would actually end up being like 70 things because in every like thing she would be like, oh, and here's 10 things that I'm going to talk about. So Stacy was my favorite. Um, but, you know, I will say there was also the Epcot Center opening celebration uh, that talked about, like Alex Haley was on and he talked about the Equatorial Africa Pavilion. And, you know, I loved all this. Like, okay, the term Epcot fanboy has gotten a lot of bad raps lately for a good reason. But I am a classic Epcot fanboy and I still like the new stuff. Um, but I wish that like a lot of the stuff would come to fruition. And, uh, and I love that celebration. You got to see Mickey in his like spacesuit, And uh, it was, it was very, there was lots of balloons and very, very cool. So I love that stuff, but, uh, but Teg, you also like a lot of the old stuff and, and that stuff isn't available on Disney plus either. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, man, because I will tell you, there was a, a series of DVDs that they sold for a while that were the um, the Walt Disney Treasures collection, and that had it was the first time I'd ever seen the the uh, original Epcot planning videos, like the the last video Walt Disney ever made, and everything that was on there, and the tenth anniversary special of Disneyland, and the opening day ceremony of Disneyland. All of these different things were on these DVD collections, so. I just wish they would bring some of that to Disney Plus, but and which they have a couple of those things, but not not everything. And when I used to watch the Disney Channel when I was a kid, when it would when they would when the cable operator would give it to you for you know a free trial weekend or whatever. At night, they would have Vault Disney, and they'd pull out all the old black and white stuff. They'd have all the old Mickey Mouse Club and all the old um, just everything, uh, all, the Disneyland TV show, all of these things. I want that on Disney Plus, and I don't know why they don't have it. I feel like there's definitely there's definitely a market out there for it. I think it would be really low hanging fruit to add more content to Disney Plus. Very true. Yeah, 
<laughs> there's there's so much out there that they have and they have in, in usable formats, but who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe the next time the uh, the subscribership drops a little. <laughs> maybe. Here's some old stuff. Right. So that wraps up question number one. So let's go to Kate for your question this week. So one of my favorite things when I'm visiting Disneyland, which is the only Disney park I've ever been to, is uh, the way that other guests can help make the magic. Have you ever had a fun or interesting interaction with another guest at a Disney park? Eric? I've had, there are, there are a lot, but for whatever reason, this is the first one that popped into my mind because it made me so happy on a, I I was at Disneyland. I I was in Anaheim for a conference and I was there for a, a whole week. And I was, it was back when I was in grad school. So I had, I was finishing up a, a course and I had a paper to write and it was my final paper for the course. I had all this stuff to do. So I took a day off of the conference and I started out my day sitting at, at my, in my hotel room typing away. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, why would I, why would I wait to go to Disneyland after I finished? Why after the finish the paper, you know, it, it's a good <laughs> reward, but why not go into Disneyland and write the paper there? So I went in and I sat down at Jolly Holiday and I got a, a, a cup of coffee and I got some food and I just went away at it. And this was in December and the Christmas parade was coming by. And I saw the Christmas parade, uh, I think, uh, twice while finishing that paper. <laughs> and one of the times I'm sitting there. And I'm typing away and the parade's going by and suddenly everybody, you know, you can tell everybody knows the parade's coming. So they're filling in and it's getting kind of cramped. And there's this table next to me and there's this family, this couple, this younger couple, and they've got a little kid who's jumping up and down as the floats are going by. And she's screaming. She's so excited at everything that comes by. And her mom leans over to her child and says, Oh, I'm sorry. The man is trying to work. And I, I, oh. I said, oh, no, 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 please let her, let her do this. I'm the ridiculous one who's writing a paper at, <laughs> let your child do whatever she wants. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, okay, honey, it's, it's okay. And she's, she was just so into it. She was so excited when it was all done. Her mother came over and she said, thank you for, for letting her have fun. And I said, again, I'm the weird I'm the weird one here. This is not normal. Thank you. You've completely made my day. She was so happy like oh. I'm I'm like holding back tears like it's so nice. And uh, then I got back to work and finished my paper and went to the tiki room. I'm just impressed that you were able to get work done at Disneyland cuz that would not have happened to for- I I have I've developed the I, I don't know. I, I could be a, a guy in L.A. writing scripts at a Starbucks. I've developed that thing. I can't hmm. focus at home. I write other places. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from Kevin for well, your. It's story. interesting because you said that. Uh, so I have a few things. So I uh, I actually did that at Disneyland. Uh, I do National Novel Running Month every uh, NaNoWriMo every year in November. And one year I was in Disneyland. And uh, so at at eleven uh, thirty, I got up and grabbed my laptop and went to the Starbucks at Downtown Disney in uh, Disneyland. And at midnight, I started writing my novel, and uh, and I and I worked on it for a couple of hours. And people are like, "What are you?" 
doing here? This is weird. No <laughs> one does this. And I'm like, Eric does this. Um, so did they get so, the reference? Uh, no one got it. No, it oh, was very strange. Weird. Um, but a couple of the other things. So, uh, one of the things is, uh, especially during year of a million dreams, uh, before like they gave virtual fast passes, I used to have like regular paper fast passes and I would get them. And, uh, sometimes like I would be there with my friends or my husband and we would have a bunch and then we would leave and not need them anymore. And this is when there was no like expiration date. And so when people would come in or when they'd be in the hub and they were looking sad or like, like bewildered, I'd be like, here, take my fast passes, go have fun. And they'd be like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So I love that. Uh, that was stuff I did. But the best thing that ever happened to me was when I was the family of the day, uh, when Epcot opened and uh, they're like, hey, so where's your family? You know, you get to go on the first ride of the day. And I'm like, it's just me. And this uh, this guy across the way said, I'm his brother. I've never seen this person before. And I'm like, that's my brother. And we both got to go on Soren first. It was awesome. It made me so happy. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely like that was the best thing. And so me and my fake brother got to like watch the original Soren um, all alone in the Soren theaters. And it was like, the the most perfect thing uh so you know so he was like shouting out to me and i was doing this but uh but tag you had something where somebody shout something out to you no no this so i okay so i'm sure i've had great guest interactions uh at some point uh i couldn't think of any uh, when I was trying to come up with the answer to this question, uh, although I did see in Kate's question, it said, or interesting interaction. Oh. And I won't necessarily say it was an interaction, but it was more of a observation and a spectacle. So Teresa and I went to Disneyland for the for Christmas time this last year. It was a last minute trip. It was a really great trip. All this weird stuff happened to us that like most people think would be terrible for a trip. But it was great for us. We got stopped on it's uh, on uh, Spla- uh, Space Mountain. Uh, we had like all this other stuff happen. It was great. But we were watching the Christmas Fantasy Parade, and this lady, so this little girl came up, and she like weaseled her way next to us. And it's a little kid, so I'm like, whatever, you can weasel your way up to the front of the thing. It's fine. Well, as the parade yeah. is going by, the mom comes up, and one of the characters was Anastasia. She starts yelling. Anastasia! Anastasia! And I'm just like at, like, at the top of her lungs. And this is like, this lady is probably like in her mid 40s, and she's yelling at the top of her lungs. Her little girl looks mortified. And everybody kind of backs up from her, and I'm like looking over, and she just keeps yelling it. She keeps yelling it. It's, it's a good solid two minutes of her yelling, Anastasia. And I look at Teresa, Teresa looks at me, and we're looking at this lady like, lady, I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to calm down. Uh, she made the group that the girl weaseled in front of, they like left after this point. So I kind of feel bad <laughs> about that. But just saying, uh, the Anastasia lady, I will always remember that. And I thought she was so obnoxious. I almost said something to her, but I'm like, you know what? It's Christmas. I'm just going to let her have Anastasia. Kate, I feel like maybe you had something in mind when you came up with I this feel, question. I feel like you need to have a t-shirt made that says Anastasia on it. That's a Honestly. wonderful idea. <laughs> Just some like lady, a caricature of the lady with like yelling, Anastasia. Yeah. Oh, I love it. 
I wonder if I, I ever saw that guest in the park and I was wearing that shirt, if she would like get she it. She would know. Probably not. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I've had a lot of really good and exciting and fun experiences with uh, other guests. And I think part of it is I'm just, I turn into like somebody's extroverted grandpa in the parks and <laughs> I just strike up conversations with people and compliment people and go out of my way. But I think that really makes some of the fun in the parks. And part of it is just because I'm there so often. It's just, it makes it. Welcome to my Disneyland. We're happy to have you here. Yes, this is my <laughs> park. So I I definitely, I think just, you know, wishing other guests happy birthday when you see the buttons on. And uh, I've had interactions with guests where my daughter and I were singing a song and another guest will walk by and finish the, the lyric that we're singing. So all kinds of little things like that. But my favorite recent, it wasn't really an interaction, but experience with other guests was I went to Villains Night, which was an after hours event at Disneyland. And they had set up um, a karaoke. It was a Ursula-themed stage, and, she, and Ursula would come out, and she was the host, and it was great. But watching the other guests singing Disney songs was absolute, it was just magic. It was, I was sitting there, and I just, I couldn't believe how much fun I was having watching. It was like, these are my people. And... <laughs> we get each other and I, it was just so joyful and I just loved everything about it. And I was shocked that, that it was absolutely the highlight of the night. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's two questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point and it is time to ask for your support. So if you enjoy the hub crawl and would like to keep it going, head on over to the hubcrawl.com slash support to get some perks and to show your support. Thank you all for listening and supporting in any way you can. Uh, if you can't support us financially, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Uh, share it with friends. Uh, the more the merrier. We'll take any 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 good vibes or well, I dropped my glass and spilled ice all over my my desk. But you're that excited. You know, I won't take that. That's how passionate I am about <laughs> you, the listener, telling us how we're doing. That's that's what I want. That's the message I want out there. Okay. Glass is fine. Ice is back in the glass. Let's continue here. Uh, let's go on to uh, my question. All right. Flip side of Kate's question. Tell us about a time when you experienced some Disney drama. When did a guest ruin the magic for you or do something really weird that had you talking for quite some time? Uh, what do you, let's start out with Kevin for your experience. So, so I promised myself I wouldn't get political, uh, but we were on, um, my husband goes to Disney world probably like every third time I go every third year. And, uh, and so we were there and he had, he and my friend Joser had never been on runaway railway. And uh, so we get there and everyone's super excited. And right in front of us were these these uh these folks wearing like very angry political shirts you know opposed to the the stuff that we're into and uh it was really it, was, it really kind of soured the moment like we're like oh mickey mini railway, railway and there are these like really angry shirts that they're all wearing and then the people behind us this elderly couple was like oh yeah we love those shirts and it was really like we were like so squicked out and so we had to ride it again 
to really get the the enjoyment out of that uh, that ride. So it was like so. I'm like, why why are you coming into Mickey and Minnie's running away we're away with these like angry shirts? I also will say, just in general, in a big like in a in a in a thing, you know, I don't mind people reciting the Honda Mansion uh spiel. I really don't. I don't care about that. I don't like it when people are taking light like flash pictures in the Haunted Mansion or on Pirates. And I really hate those light up sneakers when when it's mostly kids, unfortunately, that are wearing them in the haunted mansion in the stretching room, because I'm like, it's supposed to be super dark here, and you're <laughs> everything feels like a disco suddenly. It's it was really <laughs> it's very strange. I don't really care for that. I tell you, man, have you been in there after dark at Disneyland? I feel like little kids, like with the like flashy spinners and stuff, also go in there, and it's mm-hmm. like parents mind your children like uh, but yes um yeah they're uh, wearing like the necklaces and yeah. the and the and the light especially at the holidays where they're wearing those big light things and you can turn those off and they never do no but uh but why take, would you, you? yeah <laughs> <laughs> just spent 20 dollars i know right they're like very expensive but they love you, them we all have to love them too beyond anastasia beyond people screaming anastasia in your face <laughs> <laughs> what is something that like gets your goat? <clears throat> I will say I've seen I've I've had the experience a few times where people like cut in line. I really I, I don't mind if one if if you're in a group of let's say four or five people and one of you has to like go to the bathroom or something and then you like excuse me your way through back the line to catch up to your group. What I don't like is when one person out of a group of maybe five or six is in line. And the rest of your five people come through the line and are, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That drives me crazy. It's like, look, more more of you are not in line than are in line. That's my that's that's my rule of thumb for that. Uh, the other one was the same kind of thing with with uh, like you said, uh, people that 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 wear uh, offensive things in the park. And I, you know, the cast members have enough to deal with, so I'm not going to blame cast members for letting people in with offensive things on the shirts because that's against the policy. But I understand if I was a person at the front gate, I already get irritated because people take a long time. And now with reservations and stuff, it gets more and more complicated and they have to deal with a lot of people who just don't understand or want to be belligerent about things. So if they want to let through offensive shirts, it's the least of my worries, I guess, at that point uh, for them. But uh, I wish I wish security, I guess, would maybe... Uh, yeah. catch that because everybody has to go through security and some of those security guys uh, i would do anything they asked because they look like they could uh, easily kill me <laughs> yeah. uh, kate you go to the parks a lot there's got to be something that bothers you oh so many things and honestly <laughs> listening to to you guys is reminding me of other pet peeves i have <laughs> as as pollyanna as i am about guests and the magic they make i have plenty of complaints uh and my biggest one is guests who just are rude to the cast members. And unfortunately, it seems like lately there's just a lot more of that. And, you know, a lot of times cast members are young kids and they get someone screaming in their face and they're just enforcing the rules that they did not make. And it's just so, so unfortunate to watch. Um, I also, I am a parent, so I get that sometimes our children are not angelic creatures in the parks and we have spent lots of money to be there and it's frustrating oh it's really hard to watch parents really yelling and screaming at their kids in the parks and you know like i said i understand but you got to be quiet about it whisper whisper the threats (laughs) (laughs) the one o'clock meltdown is what we call it 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was in the parks at like 10 o'clock in the morning and it was 10 a.m. meltdowns. It starts oh. early. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm going to say my one petty, just really petty pet peeve. I hate the bubbles. I hate them. <laughs> Especially when you're in line and someone's kid has got their bubble thing in your face and it's in your mouth. And it's just, I, yeah, it's, it's petty. I know, but I, I would ban those if I had ultimate power, you know, you know, I used to watch the Tim tracker. He apparently is like afraid of bubbles, which really? was interesting because uh, he went to, I want to say it was maybe SeaWorld, and they had this show that used a lot of bubbles. And he knew it going in, and he like warned people on the video. He's like, I hate bubbles. I'm doing this for you guys. This is like my worst nightmare. And he went in, and you you could just tell the vibe changed for him because all of these oh. bubbles were like coming down oh, from the no. ceiling. And, you know, I'm just saying, I, I agree. I don't. I think that any anything that impacts another guest should should you should be considerate and take that into account. People walking with their entire party across all of Main Street in one single line so you can't get by. Uh, people with their yeah. strollers and stuff that just stop in the middle of the walkway like uh-huh. abruptly and then look at you like you're the jerk when you run into them. All of those things. Anyway, my time oh, yes. has expired. Uh, <laughs> I I. I give my I give my the the remainder of my time to Eric. <laughs> All right. Well, I I must say when it comes to line cutting, I I remember the first time I was at Disneyland and I saw that happening more your way, Teg, where there were large groups of people, like five people off getting a beer, and then they're all walking through the line into Midway Mania, and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, okay, fine. But speaking of Midway Mania, let's go across the uh, the, the country to Toy Story Mania. No Midway involved, and uh, family in front. A, a few a few groups in front of us. We're in line, and we're at one of those points where they have that like Midway checkpoint for for fast passes. And this family is talking to the cast member there, and they're being rude, and we can't quite hear everything that's going on, but you can tell that. There's it's it's a group of four adults and a couple kids and a, a man and a woman were were just gesticulating wildly at the fast pass line. And it was something along the lines of we want to go that way. And I don't know really what happened, but they were being mean to a cast member. Finally, you could tell cast member had already settled into the no, no, you're not getting any nice things from me today. Oh. And you could tell some some foul language happened and the cast member's face dropped a little bit more and she gestured to to the other side. The family went as we went through the rest of the line, there's this couple in front of us in front of me and my wife. And the four of us were, were, you know, gossiping about it. Like, Oh, what do you think was said? (laughs) And we could hear them. They continued to complain. And every once in a while, one of them would just yell something rude like, oh, can you believe this place? And they're turning around trying to find support and everybody just won't make eye contact with them and they're looking <laughs> away. And they got through the entire line and it, in some ways it was kind of fun that it didn't really affect our day. Mm-hmm. It was this weird negative thing. We're like, what, what's wrong with them? But uh, the the interesting mystery at the end, they got on to, they let, they let the, the, this family get onto ride vehicles and they rode away and the next ride vehicles to come up, the cast members put up their hands and said, just wait a few minutes. And they let like four cars go by empty. 
And the best we can figure, this couple in front of us and, and Brandy and I, we, we said, you know what? I think they're creating a buffer. I think yeah. these people are getting escorted from the park. <laughs> we got through to the other end. The hall, the, the exit from the ride was empty. No one was anywhere. There was nothing happening. So we were left with that enduring mystery and this cautionary tale to you, people who yell at cast members. Two things about that. One, I think, you know, I wonder, are you going to have fun on the ride if you've been that belligerent, you know, in the line? And two, I don't know if anybody here has ever been to Disneyland Paris, but um, cutting lines is is a social thing in Paris. And so they just, ex- people expect to be cut in line there. Wow. And we weren't, yeah, Jeff and I, my friend Jeff and I weren't having it at rock and roller coaster. Huh. These two kids were trying to cut us because that was just the done thing. And we're like, no, no. But then we turned it around and we went to Notre Dame and, uh, and we saw a giant line in front of us, like of a tour group. And we're just like, yeah, we don't want to wait. And we got in front and we got right in. So, <laughs> It's a very weird cultural thing. Huh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I know guess... that if you, in case you go to DLP. When, when in Paris, do as the Parisians do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We've had a great discussion. Let's move on to our last question from Kevin. So, okay. So my question is, what is one like renowned but unbuilt ride or park or idea at Disneyland uh, or at any Disney park that uh, has never come to fruition that you would love to see fully completed? And, uh, and take, I think that you and I are thinking along the same way. My thing that I will go down chanting my very last breath will be, I wish they could have built Epcot, how Walt envisioned it. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like Epcot as a theme park, but I would rather have had the original, the original thing. So I kind of have a slight grudge against what Epcot is now just because of that. But that's one. The other one was Discovery Bay, which was going to be this amazing, super grand Galaxy's Edge scale thing that was going to happen in the back of Disneyland that actually recently uh, Joe Rody said he did concept art for that everybody thought uh, Tony Baxter had done. I'm sure they both worked on it, but he had actually one of the most famous renditions of what it would be. Uh, Joe Ruddy apparently painted or something like that. So uh, it became this big Twitter thing about a week ago. Everybody was all up in arms about it. But uh, but Discovery Bay looks super cool. And and, and today, in, in trying to write this down, I went and looked and I found uh, an article that had a bunch of like concept art and stuff that has been found over the years. And they compiled it all together. And uh, it looked really, really cool. So... Uh, that is what I wish, and uh, I know that neither of those things will ever happen, but I I can wish. A boy can hope. A uh, boy can dream. Kate, what is your long-lost thing that you just wish they would have built? Mine is Tomorrowland 2055, mostly because I feel like the demise of that idea was kind of the beginning of the end for Tomorrowland. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been, you know, a downhill situation over the past well most of my life and I just I would love to see that level of investment in Tomorrowland because I I mean I do remember as a child 
growing up in the 70s and 80s that Tomorrowland was a really amazing place with lots of kinetic energy and lots of stuff that you really genuinely wanted to see. And now it's it's kind of lost a lot of the magic. And I would love to see the level of investment that was going to happen with Tomorrowland 2055. And I think some of the ideas were super weird. And I do think that some of the ideas... We've gotten a little bit of that with Galaxy's Edge, the kind of spaceport idea and interacting with aliens. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. There was going to be a, a nighttime show and lots of kinetic energy and lights and different things that would have, I, I think, really been been fun to see. What, you what mean it, the Orbitron that comes alive and lights and sounds every 15 minutes wasn't enough of a show for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how long did that last? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on when you consider the last thing that moved up there. I think the last <laughs> time I saw it was years ago, and they still had sound effects and lighting, but the thing didn't move. I think I saw a bird up there recently that was moving. <laughs> Oof. Thrilling. There might have been a nest. I don't know. So that is what I would like to see, just because I love so many of the attractions in Tomorrowland, and it just they deserve a better land to mm-hmm. be surrounding them. So... Eric, what are your what is your dream concept come to life? You know, I was going to talk a little bit about Western River Expedition, but I'm going to stick with the Disneyland theme here. And what if we got Edison Square? I love the idea that they were so committed to this for a little while that they put it on the park maps, like coming soon. And in an age where we didn't have a whole bunch of internet sites wildly conjecturing about what may or may not happen in the parks. Can you just imagine looking at the park map and going, there, there's more stuff. There's, there's going to be more stuff. And you hold on to that and you're so excited and you come back a few years later and there's not what, what is now a, a back hallway behind all of the attractions on main street could have been a cool area that, you know, in an era before they really got good at animatronics, we could have had, some animatronic shows we could have had a taken the turn of the century thing and pushed it a little bit further and added in the thrilling sciences of uh, of electricity i i like the idea that you know we we saw some payoff from some of these things later but that was going to be the next big thing at disneyland and uh, they decided to go a completely different direction and and as so often happens see those projects shelved and emerge later as completely Somewhat different ideas. There's still a lot of room back there. Yeah, I mean, that's they true. They still could. They still could. Maybe I now mean, we that... could pull off an, an, an. Well, we have an animatronic Edison, don't we? Or no? We? No, not Edison. Edison's not in. Uh, Is Edison not in American the American Adventure? Adventure? Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's interesting about you know Edison, like Edison Square. Probably today they would do Tesla Square, but Tesla's got its own baggage. But I, speaking of Disneyland, like I would, I'm a, I'm always been obsessed with Westcott and the concept of Westcott. I'm, we did a um, on thirty twenty eight. We did a recent thing about Port Disney, and as like. They were going to do Port Disney, but it was also sort of like a gambit to do Westcott in Anaheim, and they ended up doing neither. Uh, and Westcott was this like beautiful uh, thing with domes and a giant like double sized spaceship Earth and a and a big port in it. A lot of the ideas went to um, to, to Tokyo Disneyland, and some of them stayed in, in California Adventure. But Westcott was such a beautiful idea, and it was going to turn the entire Disneyland property into this like 
more of a resort area than it is now instead of like just three hotels that were going to be like five of them and there was going to be downtown disney was going to be a little bit more i don't know like a like a downtown thing as opposed to a theme park thing and uh and the whole thing was going to be a lot better and we got a lot of that when california adventure did its you know revitalization but oh instead we got you know, DCA 1.0 and we got downtown Disney and a lot of it was a little lackluster and none of it measured up to what Westcott was. I think what we have now is way closer, but we it's still not Westcott. And I, and I desperately wish that Westcott could have happened. Well, you got to thank your line cutting Parisians for that one. Paris, <laughs> why did you not? Why weren't you successful enough? It should have been. It was they spent tons of money. It was a gorgeous park. There's no reason it should have failed. We can blame we can blame them for Tomorrowland 2055 too. We're gonna blame Paris for literally everything. Paris. (laughs) Oh man. The thing is, is that they had one great park and seven mediocre hotels. That's the problem. Yeah. Eisner. Anyway, that's my that's my Eisner dig at, at this late hour. Well, that does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. For people who support us at thehubcrawl.com slash support, uh, we are going to have a bonus question that will be on the extended cut that is available over there for supporters. So, But for this episode, we would like to thank our guests. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the episode and uh, talking at length about all things Disney. It was really fun. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you also to Kevin. <laughs> thank you very much for uh, for asking me on and for uh, for for using my services and for uh, you know for listening to uh, to my show too. Thank you so much. This is like super duper fun. I never get to do like a, a roundtable discussion. So thank you. Well, join us next time where we talk all things Disney. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.